Chapter 10. Staying Afloat Someone has been mining the pit and Sandara Laveau isn't talking. Lalo, you say that like it's my problem. If the fate's little secret spreads beyond the Underhive, there will be more than the Adeptus Arbitus kicking down our door. You think it's Sandara? She had a warden on her crew. What does that tell you? That Lady Horn needs to keep better track of her children. With a warden on the loose, we're all vulnerable, and you know it. Put Breezy on it. She doesn't miss. Or better yet, find someone outside the fates to remove the threat. Red, won't the witch be concerned when one of her greys goes missing? Again, you say that like it's my problem. It had taken me three days to find my way back and open my eyes. The soothing light of the Medicae illuminated the restraints on my wrists and ankles. My vocal commands began the unlocking procedures, and soon I was inspecting the damage. The wrists were worry-free. I'd been out cold, awaiting my soul's return, and nothing had arrived in its stead to fill my dreams. Repaired front and back, my hand held an icy sensation where its fragile bones and ligaments had been damaged the most. I voiced the call command on my bed and scanned the room for signs of visitors. A single fresh flower sat in a vase on a table by the door. It looked surprisingly real, a sign of great expense. Fulcrum IV's economy focused on feeding its population so that it could, in turn, feed the Imperium's demands for industrial-grade polysteel, plutonium, and healthy bodies. By law, the agriculture of inedible plants was severely restricted, driving the use of fast-eroding paper and plastics for incredibly realistic yet fake flowers. Grown from a seed, a real plant was beyond rare. The first one in was Dr. Watterson. She checked me over and ordered a series of stim baths to tone up my skin and muscles and get my heart pumping at a steady rate again. My readings were poor, but improving. My whole life, I'd been warned about the dangers of the lower hive. It had driven me to train with the PDF and stay within my lane growing up. The noble houses were responsible for the survival of Hydra Cluster, and I would never have had time for Sub-Zero if I hadn't been diverted at the last moment. Nobody was surprised by my poor outcomes, especially not me. The doctor didn't know who delivered the flower, but she'd heard it was a woman dressed beyond the means of most. The staff was enjoying its natural scent every time they checked in on me. Next to arrive was Confessor Xavier Lewin with a look of relief. He'd only had his new toy a short while, and it would have been disappointing to break it so soon. Lewin had spoken with Watterson about my condition but was looking for more. For once, I could simply breathe and not worry about freaking out in his presence. Confessor, I walked into a trap in Sub-Zero. The Underhive gang is gunning for me. Everything about them is bad news. Watterson said it was a stabbing and that there was probably some toxin on the blade. Did they check it? Check what? The blade. I stuffed it in my boot just in case. Strange. They didn't mention finding any blade. Lewin flipped open the lid on a small chest across the room. Inside, he found my jacket and clothes cleaned and folded, and beneath them, my boots were brushed off and empty. Did you check my pockets? Maybe they put it somewhere else. There's nothing here. Confessor, please tell me that you have a backup plan. As you can tell, I'll be lucky to survive another week working for you. Lewin had heard enough and seemed distracted. He offered a short nod on his way out the door, ignoring the arrival of Arbiter Fogel Sharp. Sharp hadn't taken the murder weapon, but would have liked to have examined it. I made it clear that I hadn't mentioned the offending weapon due to the fact that I was dead on arrival at the Medicaid station. The Adeptus Arbitus had been tracking me that night, 
and meeting the Arbiter on Ground Zero hadn't been a coincidence. Arbiter Sharp, thank you for the real flower. You ain't my type, but maybe you should ask out whoever sent it. Might keep you out of trouble. They didn't leave a note. For all I know, it was delivered by my mother. Sharp carefully lifted up the crystal vase and peered underneath. As I thought, there's a maker's mark etched into the bottom. Easy to track down who sold it. He scanned the ID and sent it to one of his junior officers. Shouldn't take long. Now are you ready to tell me who stabbed you? A bodyguard for one of the Sub-Zero gangs. I was in a club in Sector 37B enjoying their weekly fight night event. You mean fight night at the Vortex? We use that for the initiation of new Arbiters. They gotta light up a white laser or take down a blue one before they can leave. Fun times. What the feth were you doing there? I just passed my PDF hand-to-hand -hand final and was feeling a bit cocky. Sharp's comm device clicked and he smiled. Interesting. A noble house paid for the flower but not Killhaven. I'm sorry to say that your mother doesn't love you after all. Who then? It's still my turn to ask the questions. If you answer candidly, I'll be glad to tell you. Do we have a deal? Fire away. What are you doing for Confessor Lewin? I'm supposed to be keeping an eye on the Underhive. Is that why you've been going to Sub-Zero outlets run by the Fates? You know about them? We know all the gangs, if not their members' names and ID codes. We have our own thrill-seekers watching their clubs. Fogel Sharp stopped short of saying, Stay the feth out of our business. I wasn't sure the Adeptus Arbitus had enough manpower to cover the dozens, if not hundreds, of places strewn across the entertainment districts of Sub-Zero. Besides, it was an utterly dangerous exercise to poke one's nose in where it wasn't wanted. So, how did I do at fight night? I pointed at his comms. After keying in a short message, Sharp ducked outside my door, offering a series of short grunts, followed by silence. He ended his call with, Are you sure? What did they say? Her name is Sandara Laveau. My secret admirer? I was expecting a noble house princess and didn't recognize the name Laveau. No, it's the name of the gang boss you took down to win the melee. You dropped all of her bodyguards, too, even the one that went for the kill. Did I pass the Arbiter's initiation? Vath, you. Your life isn't some game. If I weren't in that elevator the other night, you'd never have made a comeback. I pointed at the flower. I'll trade you a whiff of that for the woman's name. Sharp sighed. That bud was billed to House Holland, know them? They're the overseers of Hydra cluster imports and consumables. They live mainly in Hydra 4. You didn't answer my question. No, I don't know them personally. I've met Lord Holland, but I can't say we fell in love over a handshake. As for House Holland, their members are as discreet and guarded as the rest of us. The noble houses built elaborate family trees with plenty of fictitious members to keep those outside the overhive from guessing real identities. Even the fake ones were listed as silver-restricted in the admin records and had complete bios in case anyone with access dug deeper. Then isn't it odd that they knew you were in the Medicaid? That said, if anyone could offer you a fresh flower, it would be them. Let me know when you're released so I can double our rosters for the night shifts. I messaged Arbiter Sharp four days later with the bad news that I was back on the prowl. My father had forced them to keep me an extra day to be safe. I'd been sleeping soundly and had my next steps all mapped out. It was time to sort out some friends and eliminate the foes. Sandara Laveau was the boss of the 99s. She owned the ugly sector situated right above the Underhive and a wide variety of blind tigers across Sub-Zero. Her gang offered a clearinghouse of sorts, trading in anything illicit without proper supervision. It wasn't by chance that the PDF did their rabbit runs through Sector 99B. 
The one thing lacking among the vendor's kiosks was a supply of warp corruption. I checked while I slept. Having the augmented fates as neighbors must have rubbed Laveau and her gang the wrong way. That she'd collected a warden was fitting. She was widening her stance and getting ready for trouble. Even the fight night spectacle had been a message of sorts, or a rallying cry, that the fates had peers and Boss Laveau was preparing her challenge. In a way, her man Lear had saved my life. If I'd cleared the arena relatively untouched, Breezy and her pair of hell pistols would have been waiting for me at the top of the stairs. I'd been naked and completely brilliant in my demise. The missing dagger and the flower were still a mystery, but I put the two together and came up with the only answer that made sense. It was time to try something different and get my head above water. But first, I had a message to send. I swung past my dogs in 99B and blitzed the nearby video sensor with more white noise. It was a warning, not a threat. The silver fate still haunted Hydra Secundus. Sandara Laveau kept an office at the Sunshine Club in Sector 39B. The public section of the establishment was a huge lounge surrounding a deep pool that piped in sunlight from a source in the upper hive. The clientele enjoyed the combination of poolside bar cabinets, private cabanas, and their choice of lifeguards. As far as I could tell, few noticed the swimming pool after their first round, and as the sun went down, reinforced plas glass floors were lowered from the ceiling, creating a dance floor and cabana combo. Why ever sleep? The place was clear of any wardens or fates when I arrived, and yes, I did come intending to swim. The pool was segregated by temperature, ranging from polar to tropical. I stuck to the warmer climbs and the floating bar counter, enjoying mineral water and working on my tan. I had a long way to go in that department. A middle-aged blonde took the chair next to me and set it into lounge mode. She wore a revealing one-piece that more than hinted at her confidence and a ruthless workout schedule. I was impressed. She ran her finger along the wicked scar on my right shoulder. Relax. I'm not hiding anything under here. Neither am I, I said. She smiled and towed me into deeper waters. We'll see about that. What brings you here? I've come to collect on a loan. Last week I left a pair of medicuffs with an employee of yours, and I'd like them back. They'll be in your cabana before we leave the pool. Can I offer you any service in return? I had to remind myself with whom I was sharing the pool, regardless of the woman's playful tone and where she was placing her toes. First, and I'm dead serious on this, I found our first date to be over far too quickly. If I behave myself today, I would like an invitation to come back. What if I preferred that you didn't behave? I reached across and gently ran my finger along her thigh. I'm 17. We both know that our second date would be over even quicker than the first, if push came to shove. Few men are so self-aware or so honest about their prowess. I've had plenty of time to consider my position in life from a bed in a Medicaid ward. Thank you for saving him. Lear has left my service, but I counted him as a friend as well as a protector. Were you aware of his talent? The Red Baron hinted that he could stand up to the fates and that I shouldn't be afraid to deal with them. That was incredibly dangerous advice. Do you understand the fates' advantage? You talk as if you weren't one of them. I saw you order them around and walk out of the vortex as if you owned the place. I did own it, at least for a moment, didn't I? I hope I didn't hurt you in the process. You were surprisingly gentle. Why do you wear two scars? It was too soon to answer that one. Would you believe me if I told you I was in dire need of a friend? I don't even know your name. Please call me Silver. Everyone does when they're not trying to kill me. You don't have to pretend that it doesn't bother you. The woman's aura shifted, 
adding a warm glow to her cooler undertones. I'm Sandara Laveau. You're a silver restricted, aren't you? Yes. Do I want to know your family name? No, but it was enough to pull me out of the underhive when things went bone bad. She nodded at my glass. You don't drink? Please don't hold that against me, but I can't. Not anymore, the Medicaid and all that. What do you want from me? This. I reached out and clinked her glass. A chance to breathe and trade thoughts without the worry of seduction or manipulation or abuse. You're asking a lot, especially from someone like me. I can't keep you safe from the fates if that's what you want, and I can't stop being me. I would never ask that of anyone, but think of it the other way around. I can protect you from the fates, and if I don't, sooner or later, we might all stop being ourselves. Lear told me what you did. He didn't think it was possible. I'm terminally ignorant of what I can and can't do. Lear's power almost killed me. It should have killed me. You seem sad about that. I'm sitting in a warm pool beside one of the most beautiful and powerful women I've ever met, and she hasn't tried to kill me. Why should I be sad? Tell me during your next visit. I promise I won't abuse you. And the rest? The rest is up to you, but I'd suggest you float through the colder end of the pool before you climb out.